1: There was a lot of things on the go when um, the West left Afghanistan. And we know the Taliban moving back in was one of the major, major concerns. What would that mean? Uh, We were trying to get uh, people who had been friendly to the Western forces out uh, because the Taliban had vowed revenge against them. Uh, There was also concerns for what would happen with the people left behind in Afghanistan With, with the Taliban back, you know, human rights. Would they be abandoned once again? Women denied the right to, well, really any autonomy at all. Um, dark days were predicted. So now, months later, we can take a look and say, okay, what's happened so far? We're going to chat now with uh Jamaladeen Aram, who's a documentary filmmaker, a producer, and a writer from Kabul, who currently lives in Toronto. Uh, Jamal Ad-Din, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, like, uh, and of course, you remember as well, uh, we, we, we really feared the Taliban returning to Afghanistan, you know, going by um, the account that you recently put forward in the Globe and Mail. It sounds like it's maybe even worse than we had feared. What is the situation for the people in Afghanistan now, um, months after the West left and the Taliban returned? Well, it's, it's
0: unfortunately, it's terrible. Um, there are a couple of things that are very urgent. And for example, the economy, people say it's on in the brink of collapse, but I think it has already collapsed. There is that the formal economy um, is all over the place. Um, there is drought and which, you know, with the long war, um, so you can imagine the, the, the poverty. And some of the things that, that, that you hear it almost has an element of fantastic to them. For example, people selling their kidneys um, to put, uh, to put um, food on the table. Uh, and some parents in some parts of the country, unfortunately, um, has to sell one of their children so that they can uh, you know, feed the, the rest of them. And with these things, you can imagine the crime rates going up and everybody trying to you know, earn some money in, in whatever way that they can. Um, And also something that the Taliban um, promised all along was that they would bring security. Of course, when the the, the problems that they caused, uh, that stopped. But there are other groups who are causing troubles. And you could see in the past uh, couple of weeks the explosions that have been, uh, you know, targeting uh, uh, religious minorities in Afghanistan. So and overall, I think there is a general collective sense of hopelessness, unfortunately.
1: In terms of, you know, the politics and how the government is actually operating as we expect the government might operate, what's happening? I mean, the economy, like you say, an absolute freefall, uh, violence, corruption, all these sorts of things. What are we seeing in terms of, you know, if we can call it that, government of the Taliban? Uh,
0: yeah, well, there is, they say it's an interim government and they're trying to, um, you know, in the near future... Um, have a formal government introduced, but but so far um, the, the things that you see, it's it's just out of uh, a nightmare. You know, people, fourteen members of the 33 cabinet of the Taliban interim government, they are on the UN Security Council blacklist. Um, so it's it's a government or it's a country run by
1: uh, by. Um. And, you know, some of the, the actors that we saw before, like we're talking about notorious wanted criminals, people with multi-million dollar bounties on their heads from the United States for atrocities committed, are back openly operating in Afghanistan once again, right? That's true. Um, so when we take a look at the Taliban and the promises that they made and all the things that they said, the progress, all that stuff, all just talk?
0: Uh, it is, and unfortunately, um, some of it i don 't say that Afghans um, didn 't have any part to play in this in this chaos. We did you know the government did there was widespread corruption inside the government, um, but the things that that you see now, part of it is because the international community paved the way for them, uh, for example, if you remember yeah. back in two thousand and twenty, um, it was the Americans that went and started the, the peace talks with the Taliban or the negotiations, as they call, with the Taliban without you know, involving the Afghans until the later stages, which the Taliban by then saw that they were legitimized by the U.S. and they didn't have to talk to the Afghan government, uh, right? And they didn't. Uh, so they took uh, control and they took power by, by force.
1: Um, of course, there was a lot of concern about what would happen with women. Um, has it gone right back to what it was before? There was promises, again, that they wouldn't deny women the right to work or to get education or anything like What's happened with women in Afghanistan?
0: Oh, you, you could see, um, you know, right away, the, those talks, the peace talks in Doha, there were no female representatives on the on the Taliban side of the negotiation team. And then once the Taliban came to power, one of the first things that they did they changed the name of the Ministry of Women's Affairs in Kabul. They changed it to the Ministry of the Propagation of uh, Virtue and Prevention of Vice. So that's basically taking the whole um, institution that was serving women out and replacing it by, you know, a very severe uh, uh, institution that is enforcing Sharia law on on people. And then they had also made promises that they would allow uh, women to work and girls to go to school, and they did not deliver on those promises, and the the girls' schools are, are, are
1: closed. General Adin, were we naive to think the Taliban was capable of actually doing any of the things that they promised and we said they would do when you take a look at the way they operate? Was that just, I mean, did they have the ability, did they have the capacity to even do some of the things that we were told they might be able to do? Did they even entertain the idea?
0: I think that I think that they do have the ability, but the the better question to ask is, do they have the will um, to to do anything to, to bring any um, changes? Uh, which I don't, which I don't see in the past 20 years. The way they have acted, the way they have ruled in the places that they had control over, and now that they have control over the whole country, you you don't see any. Change. Probably they changed in the sense that they now use Twitter and, and, and technology and yeah. use um, the media in their advantage. But apart from that, they haven't changed in terms of what they believe in.
1: Uh, Jamal Adin, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us and giving us some insight as to what's going on. Thank you for having me. You bet. That is Jamal Adin Aram, who is a documentary filmmaker, producer, and writer from Kabul, currently living in Toronto. And, you know, if you take a look at it, Um, I don't know what we really expected. There were promises made, um, but it looks like um, very few of those, if any, uh, have come to light. But I think that was to be expected.